0: Hello listeners, welcome to another show on rising above shadows of abuse, RASA, where we talk about everything and anything on abuse and mental health. I hope you're all having a good week so far. I'm your host, Grace Hopper. With me today is the gracious Mrs. Kemi Onodikwe. She's the founder of my Marriage Must Work show, Family Alive. She's also a marriage coach, financial advisor, and runs the charity, Family Alive with Her Husband. Welcome. Thank you, Dr. Grace. So happy. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. So to start the ball rolling, can you tell us a bit about yourself and why you started the show, My Marriage Must Work?
1: What do I have to say? I'm happily married to Apple C.O.M.E. We have two children. I'm John Maxwell certified. Um, doing my PhD in Christian counseling at the moment. We've been in ministry for 21 years now, and we relocated from Italy to this place. So when we got here, I had the revelation. The Lord said to me, it's hard, it's bleeding for the way people are divorcing, the way people are quitting their marriages, that I should start a seminar and give me that name, My Marriage Must Work. And I was just barely two months in the country. I didn't even know what the country represents. I didn't know the level of divorce in the country. I was new from Italy to this place. So when God gave me my marriage must work and asked me to start, I was reluctant. But after two years, the Lord reminded me again, then I started in 2015 I was running a seminar every month called My Marriage Must Work Seminar. And that's what brought out the ministry. The name of the ministry is Family Alive UK. But we've got seven awards because of that seminar. And that's how I started. The Lord instructed me, gave me that mandate to start a seminar, helping marriages, enriching and reviving marriages.
0: Okay. Thank you so much for that.
1: You're so
0: welcome. what is the purpose of marriage?
1: Wow, that's a good one. I like that. I'm going to start by first telling us what marriage is, then I will talk about the purpose. God created marriage. God orchestrated marriage. Marriage is not an experiment. Like many people just want to experiment. They just want to go into it and see if it's work. If it doesn't work, they want to move out. That's not what marriage is all about. The mindset of God is that every marriage should last. So marriage is not something that you want to dabble into if you are not ready. And marriage is not something you want to go into and not put in your best. You want to go in and put in your best deed. Marriage is a covenant, not a contract. So why this marriage? Marriage was designed to glorify God in the union of husband and wife. Marriage was designed to reflect God, to mirror the unconditional love that God asks for us. Marriage is for oneness, for parenting, so that we can raise our children in a very healthy and godly environment. Marriage is for purity. It makes them not to be jumping from one man to the other. Marriage is for intimacy, it's for pleasure, it's for companionship, Unlike what people are seeing marriages to be today, you see two people living together, but they are not united. Two shall become one. Marriage is for oneness. Many people don't really understand. Marriage is supposed to make us better, not bitter, to make you a better person, to refine our character. When two people come together, there's no way you will step on toes. So marriage make you grow in your relationship, also make you grow as a Christian, if you are a Christian. Marriage is for security and for support. We need that companionship, support system, and that is just some of the purpose of marriage. Okay, thank you so much for that uh, wonderful
0: um, answer. So, like you said, marriage... It's for companionship. It's for intimacy, and it's also a compass. I presume yeah. marriage is also likened to a project that bears fruits. Yeah, have different layers, and as a married couple, we should have dominion and subdue the earth. Can you highlight more
1: about this particular scripture? Okay, when the Bible says we should dominate, yeah, we should multiply. How do we do that if marriage doesn't exist in the first place? And that's why when you see a country that refused to give birth, or you see people saying marriage is not good, you wonder what would have happened if marriage doesn't exist? Because that is where husband and wife come together, procreate, have children. The children also will grow and they will have children. Marriage makes us enlarge increase and to dominate when you when we talk about dominating our environment marriage is about seasons once we understand that when two come together they are able to fight the common enemy because the devil does not like marriage in any way the devil is passionate in destroying homes and marriages so once we understand that coming together of husband and wife, you are in enabled. So what is coming, whether it's a new season of honeymoon or the season of fall, winter, whatever you experience in your marriage, you should be ready and dominate the situation. And we should be able to dominate our environment and any situation we'll find ourselves.
0: Okay. Thank you. So the next question is called from Genesis 2.24, which says, God created man and woman for each other. They will leave their families and cling to each other rather than their own families. Hebrews 13.4 says, marriage should be held in high regard and with honor. 1 Peter 4.8 says, we ought to love each other earnestly because love comes from God. Hence, spouses should love each other deeply and be selfless. Given the above scriptures, what then gives rise to high divorce rates in our
1: society? How can people bond and relate in marriage? Wow, that question is so rich. And you give me time to answer you. The first scripture you read talks about God creating man and woman so that they leave their families and cling to each other as a couple. Most people, they don't want to leave, not to talk of clinging together. Many people are married, but they are still not living. They are still with their parents. They're still out there, getting advice and control from external forces. Some who are able to cling to their wife they are having other issues they are battling with, possibly distracted. They are not clinging. They are not having that intimacy they are supposed to have as couple because once two become one, everything should be done in with mutual respect and understanding. But when couples come together and A is doing his own thing and B, B is doing her own thing, how do we expect such marriage to walk and the bible says we should love each other just like god loves us and christ loved the church the love between husband and wife should be an unconditional love it should be that kind of love that god asks for us how many people can really lay live their lives for their spouse these days everyone is becoming selfish and self-centered especially in relationship So we need to understand that there are a lot of things that people are doing now that is anti-marriage. A lot of things that people are doing that negates making marriage work. Couples are taking each other for granted because they they feel that there are so many alternatives. They feel that if you are not interested, there are many women out there. People are not committed enough to their marriage. Once you leave and cleave to your wife, you should be focused on your relationship. Be there for your spouse. Be there for your family. So it's uh, like having a garden that you are not weeding or fertilizing. Let your partner know how much you appreciate him or her. Many of us are not nurturing our relationship. It's not just about getting married or changing status. The work you need to put into marriage is a lot of work and many people are not ready to do it. People are so lazy to invest in their marriages. And that's why you see people quitting their relationship because they feel that it's a lot of work. And that is why the, re- the, the society or the setting we are having now is giving people alternatives or choices We should look at marriage as something that when God has brought you together, do all you can to save your marriage. The way my marriage must work sounds like, oh, even if you are there and you are not enjoying it, keep quiet. No, my marriage must work is a ministry that helps to enrich marriages, working marriage and the ones that are struggling will help you out. So many people are in their marriages that are struggling. They need to speak out. There are many marriages that can still be restored. The problem is people are not speaking out. They want to patch it, and by the time they get to that boiling point, it becomes irreconcilable, and you just see the marriage crash just at once. People should say, this is what I'm going through. There are many things that can still be done. So the reason why we have the high rate of divorce these days is that people can't be bothered anymore if it's not working they want to walk away they don't want to even give it a trial they don't want to pray about it and seek the face of god they just want to leave i believe that if many people can put more effort to some of the relationships some of them can still be restored and it depends on the value people place on marriage many people are no more placing high value on marriage i do agree
0: with you mrs kemi Onadipe. but given the fact that sometimes in marriages one of the spouses might put in a lot of effort and the other person is not putting in as much effort as the other spouse and they might be going through a lot for example if it's an abusive marriage There's been a lot of interventions and nothing is changing. The alternative is in order to save your life. People now decide, I need to leave this marriage because it's not healthy, it's impacting negatively.
1: Yeah. Like I said before, the first step is to speak out, to let people know that this is what I'm going through. It takes three to actually make marriage work God Himself, the husband, and the wife. The closer to God, the closer you are to each other. But when you are in a relationship where you are putting all the effort to make the marriage work, you are doing all the prayers, all the fasting, you are going to all the seminars, doing all the counseling, but the spouse is not responding. Or in some cases, the spouse is already giving up, She has already taken off. And when you are in an abusive relationship or you are in a marriage that is not working, and you want that marriage to work, the children are watching. So instead of you to impact your mental health and also to raise the children in such an abusive environment, the best thing at that point is to ask for help and possibly separate because you don't want to lose it in the process of you trying to save your marriage. We've seen people who are separated for some time and the man is able to receive help and the woman is able to receive help and they come back together. So what we always tell people is don't be afraid of that intervention. Don't be afraid of that separation. That might be the beginning of solution. And if not, you let it be because marriage is not a do or die affair. Especially when you've put in all your effort and the other party is not responding. If you are in an abusive relationship, the woman is interested in the marriage, but you see that your life is in danger. You need to run for your life. Your children still need you and there are still more to fulfill in life. Speak out, let people help. If not, that is not the end of life. Thank you. That was a brilliant and thought
0: provoking answer. So coming to the other part of the question, how can people bond
1: and relate in marriage? Thank you. There are so many (laughs) ways to bond. As I said before, the more we invest in our marriages, the better it becomes. The more we invest in our relationship, the more valuable it becomes. If you invest in something, you see the result at the end of the day. You can see the improvement. So when you see happy couples out there celebrating 2130, they must have invested in their marriages. So we don't just admire people. We can ask them, what have you put in place? Many relationship experts, some of them will tell you that, Every week, they rotate it. The wife cook, the husband cook, and things like that. There are things that you do together to nurture your marriage. So if you want to bond and you want to really relate well in your relationship, you need to be intentional. Let me start by saying that you have to be intentional because it's different from when you newly got married and everything just fall in line automatically because you are in love. You don't even see any fault in your husband. Children have not yet arrived but now there are children you work you are both professionals you leave home early in the morning come back in the night there are so many things stressing out couples so at this point in our marriages we need to be intentional we need to make sure that we work on our marriages so we need quality time together no matter how busy you are try as much as possible to find that time to be together and have that undivided attention. We always organize a a yearly event weekend away. Every February, we take people to outside London to enjoy themselves and it's for singles and married. So what am I trying to say? Get yourself that quality time to be able to have your husband or wife's attention. Look at the hobbies that you can do that both of you enjoy. Even if you don't enjoy football and you know that your husband likes football, Try as much as possible to support him in that. You will find out that he will also look towards whatever game you like. You enjoy his own and he enjoys yours as well. Communicate well. If you are able to have that communication skill, if you speak effectively, there is nothing you can discuss. And without any one of you being judged, then you are going to have a healthy relationship. Most couples don't talk. They only ask how you are doing, how are the children, and that is the end of communication. No. If you want to really bond, you want to have that intimacy, you need to know each other's love languages. That's also important because once you are giving someone in a way that that person is not appreciating, what you are giving, then you still don't study your spouse well. What is he gonna to respond to? Your love language is simply what you respond to. I respond to gifts. I respond to act of service. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm a very active person. But if my husband comes around now and is helping me to do some things out of my busy list, then I will so much appreciate it. I appreciate gift. If he comes home now and bring a sweet or something, you will see the way I'll be jumping around. But if my husband wants to give me a quality time, it's not my thing. I want to go out with him once a week or once a month. I'm not the type that will be running after my husband and say, I need you to be with me 24 hours. But it's for somebody. So you need to understand the language that you speak, that your spouse will respond to, or your spouse will speak, you will respond to. That's the love language. It's not about what you like or what you want. It's about what he responds to. And I still see many couples struggling about love languages, even though it's very popular. Somebody said in one of our meetings, he said, I denied my wife flower for years, because whenever he's saying I love flowers and cats, I would say, rubbish. People are giving cars. People are giving quality gifts. You are asking for flowers. The man said he didn't understand that it's about what your spouse responds to. He said for years, he never responded to it until one day he came to a meeting like that and saw that love language is what your spouse really responds to. Now he started buying flour. You need to see how that woman feels so happy. It's not that the flower is expensive. The, the man didn't see sense in buying flour because the flower would die after five days. Meanwhile, the woman loves it. So let's understand what our spouse responds to. Those are the ways we bond and we relate better as couple. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for the answer. Just like you said, love languages. I do like touch, someone touching me. Tap, yeah. Tap. I also <laughs> gifts as well. So that leads me to my next question. Some men are threatened by their wives' potentials and successes. What advice would you give such men?
1: Huh. Any man that is not supporting the wife is shooting himself in the leg you are coming yourself without knowing because your wife is you your wife represents you except few countries that change the name of the wife back to their maiden name most other countries like italy you change your name back to your maiden name once you have their citizenship but apart from such countries once you marry you change your name to your husband's name so most times we carry our husband's name and we represent the family they have your children when god said will be a mate helper suitable for him for adam any helper you see out there they are powerful they are full of potentials men cannot beat the potentials that women have because that is why God created us in the first place to help the men. So when a woman gets into your house, you should look for a way to make that woman, even if the woman is the raw material, as the woman is helping you to fulfill destiny, you should do your best to bring the best out of that woman. That is what every man should do. So a man that is already threatened by what the woman will become, I don't think that man deserves to be married because women are full of potentials. And many people even walk out of their marriage because their men are not allowing them to fulfill their destiny. A woman that is supporting you, you should support them in return, so that they can bring the glory, even the name. As I said, they bear your name. Once I become doctor, no it's on a that they will see behind it. My father sent me to many schools before I got married, but now everybody will be praising my husband because I bear his name. So whatever I achieve now is attributed to my husband because i'm married to him so any man that is not supporting the wife is losing is the one missing and at the end of the day you are the one reducing what god wants to do for you because you don't even know where god wants to take you god might want to use your wife to elevate you once you've made your wife to be redundant and because of your selfish reason then the whole family will suffer it So why can't you just put all your support and support that your woman or your wife to be the best that God has created her to be? I don't really support men that always put their wife down. Please know that you are the one making that marriage not to move forward the way it should. Thank you.
0: A man is supposed to nurture his wife. Yeah. So that she can bring out the best. Best in her. In her. And so a woman can be likened to a garden that the man cultivates and nurtures. Yes. But when you don't do that, you're sabotaging yourself because the woman is married to you and she bears your name. Exactly. If you don't allow her to grow, to fulfill all her God-given potential, like you rightly said, the man is going to be the one losing. Unfortunately, some men don't understand this. Thank you. So that leads me to my next question. Furthermore, in some cultures, some men don't nurture or defend their wives when his own side of the family disrespects or picks on his wife. What should be done in this
1: situation? Hmm. I like that question. I will first say, because of the culture, I know that some people is the culture that make them not know what to do when they find them in such situation. When you are married, you need to understand your spouse. There should be understanding. And that takes me to setting boundaries. I've treated this to young couples, the newly married couple. One of my topic to them is setting LV boundaries. Now, if you, as a couple from the beginning, or even now, if you're just hearing that, you just might want to do it just sit with your spouse and say, this is how we are going to be relating with our in-laws. This is how we are going to be relating with my own parents. This is how we are going to be relating with our colleagues. Once both of you set the boundaries, you will find out that you would have less confrontation and there'll be less things to tackle or to deal with when it comes to in-laws and third parties. I also want to say that we need wisdom. The Bible says If any lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and operated not. It shall be given him. One of the prayer points you can ask God that he never says wait or later or no is wisdom. We need to keep asking for wisdom. Now, once you ask God to give you wisdom, you know how to relate between your mother and your wife. Once you know the wife you got married to, you know the husband you married to, and you've had some discussion about boundaries. When things are happening, even when your husband is doing as if he's sizing the mother out there, when you enter your room, you will just laugh over it. Because you know that your husband did that to save the situation. But not that the husband will now go out there and say, you either do this, or you leave this marriage some people do that but i want to say it takes a great man a man of wisdom to balance things between the family and the wife because remember when you get married the bible says you leave and cleave Mm -hmm. leaving your family does not mean you abandon them they have done their own part now you are in another relationship that you're building so that you're immediate family is most important to you at that point now you make sure you settle your parents you give them their support Use. you yeah. don't deal, pay your deals as they are your parents but they should not impose into your marriage or do things that will jeopardize your relationship so you need to value your wife you need to value your husband and make sure that they, you don't put your extended family or in-laws on your own marriage And make it affect it. I pray that the Lord will give us wisdom.
0: Amen. So in essence, men should also make their women
1: or their wives a priority. Exactly. That's what I mean. Your immediate family. Your spouse is now your priority once you are married. Most people struggle with that. Because they are still thinking, "Eh, my mother is my mother. Yes, nobody is changing that. We are not ruling that out. But you need to respect your wife. Because now that is the family that you have.
0: Thank you. So how do people view love connections? Advice to single people and what should they look out for in a prospective partner?
1: Thank you very much. When I saw that question, or when I heard about it, uh, I'm just thinking love connection, you, you mean matchmaking, introducing someone to somebody. It's been right from the Bible days, but I don't want to start quoting Bibles now, but I just wanted to know that introducing or matching someone is just the beginning of a relationship you are just helping someone to start it's like igniting something many people struggle to get their life partner maybe because they are too busy they lost their wife or they lost their husband they are shy there are many reasons or maybe they've even been through some relationship that did not work so matchmaking or introducing someone to the other person is a step to initiate a relationship that doesn't mean that you now overlook all the steps you would have taken if you had met that person on your own so the only difference between matchmaking and you meeting somebody is that you didn't meet the person by yourself every other thing like you finding out about the person knowing where the person lives knowing about the family praying about it, finding out more about his background, you have to do it. So you need to do your due diligence. You need to be responsible. So introducing somebody to you does not mean it should lead to bed. It does not mean it should lead to marriage. No one is enforcing it. It's just an introducer. I am a matchmaker as well. I am an introducer. So all we do is we find out about someone if you come and subscribe to us we interview you to know who you are your personality and the kind of person you would like to meet or you like to marry so while i'm doing that i'm already picturing the kind of person you have described on paper so now what is on paper i take it out there to look for that person so i have done my due diligence to a certain level Nevertheless, when I introduce you to that person, you still need to do your work. Don't say, Pastor Kemi has introduced this man to me and I'm just going to marry the person the following day. No, you need to still find out. There is nothing wrong in matchmaking. There is nothing wrong in subscribing to Christian dating site. We need to know what we are doing as christian don't just jump into sites do your research find out the kind of people that go to that site read your review i have done a whole lot of messages on online dating as well because whether we like it or not that is where the world is going to people are no more socializing how many social grads are you even saying lately everything is online we shop online we bank online we school online so at the end of the day dating is also online you just need to know where to go online to find the right people that you are looking for so meeting people true people or someone introducing someone to another person to start a relationship it's not about idea. it's what you do with that introduction that matters
0: yes you're quite right and then we have lots of uh, dating apps like bumblebee and depending on the country the age bracket the race as well and depending on the religion, you have lots of uh, dating apps online. So that leads me to another question. After an abusive marriage, can a woman truly heal and get satisfaction in a romantic relationship or
1: marriage? Why not? I am a minister of God and I believe in second chance. I believe in if a marriage is not working and after we've done all we need to do to save the marriage, and we just need to save the lives in the marriage. There is no marriage. Without two people agreeing to come together in a covenant, marriage is two people agreeing. Can <laughs> two people walk together except they agree? Mm-hmm. So if one walked out or one is dead or something happened and the person is alone, whether with children or without children, the person at certain point feel the need for another companion. Why not? But my advice to people who are single mom or single dad or widow or widower is, you don't jump into another relationship. You don't rush into another relationship. You need to first learn from the first one. What happened in the first relationship? You need to reflect you need to sit down to analyze the first relationship. Once you do that, because in that process, you get your healing and you understand that if I'm going to the next one, this is what I am going to do. This is what I am not going to do. This is going to be my deal breaker in the next relationship. Many people are having fear of love, fear of commitment because of the past relationship. So some people need to go through therapy. They need to give themselves time to be healed. As soon as you feel that you are healed and you are okay to go, all you need to know is that you don't want to make the same mistake. You don't want to fall into the same error. Once those areas are clear to you and they are tidied up, then you are free to go ahead and have another chance. Once you are having that, I know that someone who is trying to get a new love or to be in another relationship would do the best to make sure that that marriage work or that relationship work. But if you are not careful, if you are in a hurry to move into another relationship without being properly healed and without analyzing and understanding what made the first one not work, the second one might not also work. That's mm-hmm. the advice I'm going to give.
0: Thank you. So what are the ingredients
1: for a good and lasting marital life? Wow. So we've mentioned some of them before because I remember I said that if you invest in your marriage, then what you put is what you get. So people should be able to have that long-term goal. When you are in a marriage, always have a couple's goal, always have a family goal, set a long-term goal. Tell yourself and your spouse, in the next 21 years or during our 21st anniversary, what are we going to be doing? What would we have achieved? What do you want us to have achieved by then? When we think ahead of, you know, future about ourselves and our relationship, it helps us because we are already telling each other we are going to live long together. We are going to do life together. So you need to nurture the love you have for each other. Don't just feel that now that I've changed status, Now that I'm married, then you leave everything. No. Work on the love you have for each other. Continue to build intimacy. Now I'm talking about different types of intimacy on my platform. I started from spiritual intimacy. We're going to talk about experiential, intellectual, talk about physical intimacy, emotional intimacy. We need to understand all this and we need to keep studying any book or message like your postcard now uh, cast down imagine hundreds that you have done that's a huge investment for someone who really wants a relationship to go there and pick things about relationship so if you want to develop yourself go there and listen people don't want to invest in studying they don't want to invest in seminars these are the ways to nurture these are good ingredients for lasting marriage you know what build your intimacy don't allow third party into your marriage maintain your relationship with god if you're a christian make sure that because you get married don't be carried away and say i'm now married you stop praying you stop studying the Word. all those things are important your communication is also important keep talking when you see a breakdown in communication in marriage then i can diagnose that that marriage is having problem. you see that the breakdown in communication is a re- as a result of some problems yet to be fixed. So please make sure you work on your communication in your marriage. Work on mutual respect. People get carried away and they don't respect each other anymore. Keep respecting your spouses. Keep loving them. Build and maintain that trust. Because once the trust is broken, it takes time to build it again. Be committed. How many people are really committed to their marriages this day? you know avoid distractions there are too many distractions out there no matter how beautiful the people you meet out there or no matter how generous they are to you i tell you it's because you are seeing them from the surface or you are seeing them from afar as soon as you move closer you're going to see something that will put you off cherish what you have in your hand cherish your relationship cherish your husband celebrate each other Always spend quality time together. Share common activities. These things are the things that really strengthen the bond between husband and wife. And learn to forgive, as I random. Learn to forgive. Marriage is for two forgivers. That's what they always say. But these days, we can forgive our children hundred times. Tell me if I'm lying. That's true. We, we can't change our children. We can't change our parents. Once our children do something bad now, we forgive them. But when our spouses do something bad, no matter how they beg for forgiveness, some of us will say it is over and it is over. It is never over with our children, no matter how terrible. Even some children have done things that we should disown them. We cry over it. We forgive them. We still draw them closer. But when it comes to our husband or our wives, ah, no, that is the end. Learn to forgive. The Bible says, forgive us as as God forgives us. We also need to forgive other people. So learn to overlook things because that's how we can have a lasting marriage. I pray that the Lord will give us understanding. I know if we need to be analyzing some of the situations, or we will say, no, That kind of forgiveness is not working for that one. But I am just saying that let's learn to overlook offenses. Let's learn to lighten up the situation when we offend each other and we ask for forgiveness and we genuinely repent, not the one that you say, forgive me today, tomorrow you do the same thing. Forgive me." me. No, no, no. The one that you genuinely repent, please, let's move forward from there and forgive that person. It helps us and it makes us to have a lasting marriage.
0: Thank you. I was actually happy when you highlighted the fact that it's not when one of the spouses offends and then we offends because mm-hmm. they are serial mm-hmm. cheaters, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. serial white, wife beaters. So in such uh, circumstances,
1: what would you advise? Yeah. That is the situation where you need to seek for help. Many people have died in such situation where they keep hoping and keep thinking the man will change. They keep thinking the woman will change. When you are in this situation or in a marriage where the same thing occurs regularly or periodically and you can count, you can itemize how it happens, when it happens, and you have no control over that thing, you need help. You need to seek for external help. If you seek help early for such things, there might be some therapy for the man and for the woman to so be able to overcome whatever it is, whether it's anger, those things can still be worked upon. But when it becomes that the person keep quiet, just hoping that the man will change, that is not the kind of forgiveness I'm talking about here. Because you think staying there, The man is saying there are some narcissists. They even make you feel bad for reporting them or they make you feel bad for talking and sharing that. I tell you, for your sanity, for your safety, if you are in a relationship and things occur regularly and you see that you don't have any control over it and it, it can affect you, affect your life or even take your life, please speak out so that that chain will be broken, so that that cycle can be broken and if we say that it cannot be broken then you can either opt out of that marriage it's not a do or die thank you so yeah. what are your last words of
0: encouragement to our listeners and how can they reach you thank, thank you thank you i want
1: to say thank you for this invite i really appreciate you dr grace for bringing me here today for the singles i would say please marry for the right reasons married for the right reasons people marry these days for wrong reasons and once they get into the marriage they get so disappointed people get the shock of their lives i tell you even those who marry for the right reasons still get a lot of expectations dashed there is something called reality of marriage when you get into marriage you get some realities all you need to do is to adjust yourself and know that yes i'm in it now what can i do to make it better from here. So I want to tell the singles to get to know who you want to get married to, especially now that it's online and virtual days. Don't just meet people online and just think that is the end. Then you go to altar from there. Never do that. Find out more about the person, the family, and make sure you have one, two, three people that you can hear from that they say they know this man to be. What he has told you that he is. So don't let anybody also pressurize you into marriage. I will say that because of you are of age, your mates are getting married. It's not about that. If you rush in, you might rush out. It is better for you to be happily single than you to be married and be frustrated in that marriage. So if you are single listening to me, just wait. I know that the waiting time is not a waste of time. What you need to do now is invest in yourself. Don't waste your time waiting for a man and do nothing try as much as possible to acquire as many skills that you can do many things to better your life while you are waiting for your life partner and to the married i would say that we should all work on our marriages don't let us be lazy it takes you to invest in your marriage some women pay for their weekend away their husband will not pay but they invest because at the end of the day when they rule the man or encourage the man and bring the man, the man will listen. And that weekend, they have the man to themselves. In return, they have already invested and they get returns on their investment. But some women will say, even though they are working, they will say, I know, how can I pay for him? You should bring out the money now. But you don't know that you're sabotaging your marriage. I'm telling you, we need wisdom. I have seen people pay for their spouses to be in a setting or in a seminar that will improve their marriages. So let's invest in in our marriages. I know we do a lot. Let's keep doing it. Let's not be weary. Let's not be tired. Especially to those who have husbands that are still responding. If your spouse is responding, even if it is little response, please celebrate him or... Just appreciate him for that because it will always get better. I pray that the Lord Almighty will help us, and we should not forget the author of marriage, God. Let us always put God in the center of our relationships. God bless you. Amen. And so, how can our listeners reach you, please? See me on O-D-K on all social medias. If you want to see me, just type Kemi on O-D-K on Facebook. You see me come up. I'm on YouTube as well. Is it that Kemi on Oduku? or My Marriage Must Work. I'm on Instagram as well. I'm on YouTube. I do a program on Faith World TV once a month. I just started about three months ago. Power Up Your Marriage. I hope it continues. My number is 7 324 939 And you can reach me on my email if you need to talk to me, kemi at familyalive.co dot uk so thank you very much for this opportunity i really appreciate you god bless you dr grace thank you so much for coming on the show we do
0: appreciate you as well listeners you've heard all what mrs kemi Onodipe has talked about in relations to our marriage so keep working on your marriages and that is it for today see you on our next show take care be safe and be positive this has been Grace her, for Rise Shadows of Abuse, RASA. Bye for now. Thank you.